Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. And good evening and welcome to this edition of News in Focus. We're glad that you've joined us. Well, we certainly are living in tumultuous times. And, you know, we're going to talk about that today on the program. In fact, the title of this program is The Church in Crisis and the Moral Degradation of Our Times. With me on the phone is Pastor John Coates. He is the pastor of the Metropolitan Church of God in Christ in Greater Columbus. He is also the vice president of the Columbus NAACP chapter of Greater Columbus. Also with me is Pastor Al Davis, senior pastor of the Richfield Bible Baptist Church, uh, right here in Northeast Ohio, and of course he uh, hosts Live with Pastor Al, and he's a board member of the Ohio Christian Alliance. We're going to talk about what is happening in the church world today, and it's not going to be any surprise to most of our listeners, is that the church right now is in great turmoil, as our culture and our country is in great turmoil. Over the last number of years, we have actually seen an increase in church attacks that have taken place across the country and actually here in our own state of Ohio. And uh, we're going to listen to a, a clip from some of the news reports from various cities across the country. This is just over the last few years. This is just a sampling of the church attacks while people are congregating on Sunday in worship service, and then physical attacks on uh, members of leadership and also attendees. Let's go to that clip. Well, the big question today is what possessed a man to walk up to an altar in the middle of mass in front of about 100 people and punch a bishop in the face? The whole thing is as puzzling as it is disturbing, but parishioners say the violence will not shake their faith. May Almighty God have mercy. The prayers of Bishop Manuel Cruz were cut short Saturday when a man dressed in a white coat with matching hat saunters to the altar and punches him in the mouth. The Cathedral Basilica of Saints Peter and Paul was the scene of an act of disturbing violence this morning. A woman had just finished reading the scriptures during Mass when she was attacked right in front of the altar. Action News reporter Annie McCormick joins us live from Center City with details on this story. Annie. Yeah, Walter, the Archbishop calls this a senseless act of aggression. Right now that suspect is not in custody. Central detectives are investigating. To another local 10 exclusive tonight video of mayhem right in the middle of a church mass a man can be seen here tackling a deacon right in front of the congregation nearly a dozen parishioners jumped in to try to stop that attacker let's go to local 10 news reporter andrew perez live now in pompano beach with this exclusive tonight That is from, uh, that last clip is from, of course, St. Joseph's Church in downtown Columbus last year when a pro-life service was taking place at the uh, Mass, actually, in the church, and uh, pro-abort protesters broke into the church and began with bullhorns and shoutings, as you heard there, disrupting the Mass and uh, knocking over uh, podiums. Uh, it, th this has uh, been detailed, of course, and reported on, as you remember, uh, we had a State Attorney General Dave Yost in our program, and we, he and I actually attended uh, the next service 
on Sunday. We're not, neither of us are Catholic, but we wanted to show support and solidarity with the Christian Church there in Greater Columbus and draw attention to it. We also made appeals to Mayor Ginther and to the city attorney's office, and uh, they did file charges against those perpetrators in that instance, and uh, there was no other follow-up of attack or protest at the church to date. But we brought, bring this to your attention because the church really is in crisis. These are just the physical attacks that are taking place on the church, but the church's moral standards is beginning to shift. And we're talking about evangelical churches across the board. We're going to give you statistics on this program. We're going to talk about recent reports. We're going to talk about really what is happening in our world today and how the church is not prepared for it. In fact, church attendance is really at an all-time low, and we're going to talk about that with Pastor Al Davis and Pastor John Coates. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. Well, thank, thank you, Chris. Glad to be here. Pastor John, uh, you and I have talked about this, and you know, you pastor in Greater Columbus, of course. You've you you remember well that uh, attack on St. Joseph's Church last year, but this is the kind of thing that unfortunately is becoming commonplace. When you know, when I was growing up, you know, the the, the church was sacred, and people treated that. Even the culture treated the church as sacred. No one would ever think about disrupting, uh, you know, the service. Uh, uh, you know, a, a holy service of where people are congregating together. No one would ever think about doing that. And yet, we have seen hundreds, if not thousands, of attacks over the last half decade, and it's only increasing. In fact, I'm looking at a report right here. Uh, this came out on June 10th. Churches and pro-life organizations have have been attacked 41 times in the last 40 days. That, of course, is in response to the leaked report about the possibility of Roe v. Wade being overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court, uh, but yet it, it doesn't really take much of a reason whether the, the Church is taking a stand on morality today, and for instance, uh, this month is the so-called uh, Gay Pride Month, and if you're a believing Christian, you believe in the Bible, you believe that homosexuality is sin. Of course, we pray for those individuals who have same-sex attraction, but we certainly don't um, we don't celebrate their sin or their lifestyle. We try to present unto them Jesus Christ, but that puts us uh, opposed to the current culture that is overwhelmingly running at headlong after this type of immorality of the age. Your thoughts? Well, absolutely, um, Chris. I think we are seeing a moral decline within our within our country, and of course, as a part of that. Um, evil cannot be successful unless it attacks the voice of righteousness and the, um, the the body of Christ, if you will. In America, that would be the church. That would be the church. Um, when the leaked information came out about the Supreme Court and its possible uh, ruling on, on Roe v. Wade, there was a national call put out to um, um, activists throughout this country that the church was open fray, that there were there was organized efforts to assemble and to um, plan to protest openly and to attack churches. We watched even at I think it was Pastor Joel Olstein's church in Texas, protesters yes. come into the church and disrobe themselves, take their clothes off, <laughs> and um, in the middle of the service and and start chanting 
my body, my choice. So we see this, we see this happening across, uh, across our country. And I would even add uh, that, that within the last four or five years, um, churches are, are very much so aware that we are under uh, physical attack. So even active shooter training has increased within churches across the country. I know the churches that um, I lead in Columbus through the uh, interdenominational ministerial lines is one of our oldest ministerial alliances here that we, we, we actively advocated for um, pastors and for church leaders to um, participate and to invite professionals in to, um, to respond to an active shooter in an, in, in, that, that would walk into the church. And but you can only prepare so much because the believers that uh, was involved in a low turnout, simple Bible study in Charleston, South Carolina at the Emanuel AME Church, they would have never suspected that someone would just walk off the street and begin to open fire and to execute its pastor and other members. So. You know, it's a it's 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 a demonic attack that has um, been launched against um, the uh, the church within um, our our nation. That's right, and you know, in fact, there's a recent article, Pastor Al. I want you to comment on this. It says guns aren't radically deadlier than they were 50 years ago, but our sick culture is. Your thoughts on that? Pastor Al. Well, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah, it's absolutely true because, you know, in the past, and, uh, you know, those of us here on the program today, uh, we remember a time when we were in school where you didn't hear about these shootings. That's not to say that they never happened in the past. Uh, There were even times in the past when uh, schools had shooting teams. It was considered a, a sport, and, uh, and and people would uh, participate in it at the school. And in many cases, there would be, especially during hunting season, you'd see uh, cars or trucks, in, especially trucks in the parking lot of the school with a shotgun or a rifle or something in the back of the truck uh, because it was hunting season. People didn't oh, think yeah, anything abso- of it. Absolutely. When I was going to high school, the, you know, it was uh, a rural community, and a lot of mm-hmm. guys were sportsmen, and they were hunters, and uh, when it got towards hunting season, whether it was uh, either rabbit or squirrel, uh, small game, and then went into deer season, you would see their guns at the back of their trucks. Nobody ever thought about taking the gun into the school and doing anything like this. It just it was unheard of. It never happened. But what's Absolutely. changed? What's changed? Well, our culture has changed. And uh, as a pastor, I believe that part of the reason our culture has changed is because as a society here in America, we have been systematically taking ourselves out from underneath the hand of God. It started with the rejection of prayer and Bible reading in the schools in the 1960s, and then it led to, you know, you couldn't have the Ten Commandments on the wall of a school lest you warp some poor child's uh, uh, morality for good. And uh, as we've gone on, we've progressively pushed God out of our schools, out of our societal institutions, out of our political systems, out of every facet of public life. And I, I read somebody made the statement, you cannot maintain biblical morality if you have subverted biblical authority. And uh, in rejecting God and his authority, 
I believe we're seeing the fruit of that in the increasing violence in our schools uh, in, against our churches. And certainly, as Pastor Coates pointed out, it is a demonic thing. Uh, the world hates us because it hates Christ first, and we're the represent, representatives of Christ. But it goes beyond that. It's affected even the pastors in the churches that should be proclaiming the truth. And now we live in a time where even the pastors in churches, according to a recent Barna study, approximately 62% of them do not have a biblical worldview. When we've rejected God and his word, we shouldn't be surprised when we see these things happening, should we? That's exactly right. Um, you're either going to follow the teachings of Christ, or you're going to go by man's own understanding. You know, people today, of course, they see the rainbow colors. They see the LGBTQ and the celebration of alternative lifestyles that the Bible says is actually sin, and, and it is to, to be refused. The people are to be prayed for that are trapped into these lifestyles. They're to be, uh, you know, as Paul said, is of such were some of you. Of course, we all are sinners mm -hmm. saved by grace. We are called out of these lifestyles and these sinful behaviors and, and, and really the debauchery and wickedness of the age. But, you know, if no one is preaching the truth, how shall these people be rescued? And when we think about those in the LGBTQ community, of course, they're going to continue to add letters on and, and different identities, and it's all about confusion. Satan is about no definitions, but to be uh, to bring um, darkness and deception and to lead men into darkness and to deception and confusion. That's what he's all about. Um, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. And he's calling all men unto himself. You know, I'm reading in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24, verse 8, it says, And these are the beginning of sorrows. They, they will deliver you up to be afflicted, and they will kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my sake. And then shall many be offended, and shall betray one another, and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise, and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. You know, Jesus uh, warned my brother pastors that there's coming a time where there will be a great falling away. And by these statistics, by Barna and Gallup, uh, Gallupol, we can see that the church is waning in attendance. Pastor uh, John Coates, when we went into COVID, we, you know, it shut the church down. Now, officially, it said in Ohio, and Governor DeWine said he didn't shut the church down, but he did certainly ugly shame anyone that was congregating in large numbers on the front end of the pandemic. We're, we're not silly, we're not stupid, we remember that. And we had these debates with the governor at the time that the houses of worship and the access for people to be able to receive spiritual encouragement was needed now more than ever with precautions as pastors were taking the precautions. They weren't running reckless head-on, uh, not taking precautions, but yet there needed to be ways in which the people can congregate. But all that said, the pandemic had a terrible effect on a, a church that was already hurting. Pastor Coach, your thoughts? And I would add to that is that there was a multiple layer of oppression that took place during our, our whole COVID ordeal. Yes, it, it, the governor encouraged um, churches not to meet, but even when the church was given 
an exemption along with First Amendment um, uh, believers, in which we all are First Amendment believers, I hope, that um, that it was local um, uh, health departments and local county commissioners and um, local municipalities and sheriff departments and police departments absolutely went rogue. Okay, and there was no, and there was no one that would hold them accountable. So it 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 it, it was that type of oppression. What we we have seen uh, church decline take place over the last ten to twenty years, and we we've watched that twenty percent leave and go away, and then COVID hit. It it you know many of us stayed open, but yet a great deal of churches. Um, ceased to operate in its traditional way of congregation congregating um, uh, for for uh, eighteen months or longer. Uh, eighteen months is a long time for a church to be closed, and it was an attack on the people of God. It was an attack on the organism of God. Some would say institution. Uh, it was it was an attack on the on on the church and as a result of people not be of, of believers not being able to come together and of like mind and even just pray okay that has had a devastating impact on America even for those of us that uh, believe that we should minister to all and, and respect all people you know there's no we don't believe that even though we're opposed to a homosexual lifestyle, that someone should see a homosexual and, and snatch them off the street and beat them up or kill them. That's not, that's not our, our belief. But when we show compassion and continue to show compassion, who would have ever thought that we would be dealing with issues of gender fluality? I can't even say it now. And, um, and, that, and that men... By, uh, men would be competing in female sports, right? And 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 and, and basically getting away with it. And parents, you know, they're not being the new. Yeah, the right, new but, age parents transitioning their children who are minors from one gender to another. God help us, yeah. Pastor Al. Your but, thoughts, but, yeah. oh, Pastor Al. Oh yes, you're absolutely right. This this transgender, it's a very attack on the image of God itself because. When you read in Genesis, God made man in the image of God. We're made in God's image. And then, of course, from the rib of Adam, he formed the woman, Eve. And uh, and so we see that we're formed in God's image. And to attack that image, uh, to say that God made a mistake when someone is born uh, male, they're really a female in a male's body, or to say that somebody's born, uh, they're really a male in a female body, or vice versa, is is to actively go against an attack and try to tarnish and make a mockery of, of, of what God created in his image. You look at even these drag uh, uh, queen festivals and things that we have, and even in the schools and in the libraries, trying to bring children in to introduce them to them. And these men are, are dressed as a, a comic uh, character, of what a woman actually is. They don't even look like real women. And it's just, again, a mockery of what God has created. That's right. And, and the Bible says that fools make a, a mock at sin. 
You know, uh, I there are listeners who are thinking that, well, you're very austere in your approach to uh, people who are homosexual, lesbian, or, or, uh, or in the LGBTQ community. That's not the case. We actually are very compassionate to them. We want to see them made whole in the image of God. We want to uh, present Jesus onto them, and that's been our mission as an organization from the beginning. But I'd say this, that recently in, in Columbus there was a bill that was introduced and had hearings. It's House Bill 454, the SAFE Act. And what does that do? It saves our adolescents from experiments of changing their gender. We're talking about uh, doctors, rogue doctors that will provide hormone treatments to change girls uh, uh, and boys, little boys, and also then surgeries. Lord help us. This is actually going on, folks, in Ohio. So this bill is to ban that type of practice. And let me tell you who showed up. These were people that came from the trans community. These were young people that had believed the lie, and they have since come to Christ, and they began testifying, and and moms and dads. And you should have heard the testimony in that room, and we'll post that up on our website here in the next week. You've got to hear from those witnesses alone. Don't believe us. Listen to them who have come out of that abusive, uh, confused lifestyle that the devil lied uh, about LGBTQ. And these are folks that came out and warned the committee, do not allow this practice to take place. I was abused. I was, I was in a confused state, and somebody took advantage of that and tried to tell me that I was a man when I'm a woman. And, you know, and then this one young gal, she testified, I can tell you of people in the community whose lives have been forever altered. They will never be able to have children. They will never be able to have the joy of sex that God provided because of uh, this kind of abuse. Well, well, men, we're, we're about run out of time in this segment. We're going to carry this over onto the other side because this topic of what's happening in the church is a crisis right now. And the moral degradation of our age is just too great. And I know that many of the listeners are actually enduring this right now. Christian believers are like, what's happened to my world? We're going to continue this discussion on the other side, so don't you go away. Continuing with me will be Pastor John Coates of Columbus and Pastor Al Davis of the Ridgeville Bible Baptist Church. We've got some more material for you. And uh, what do we do about this? We're going to end the program in prayer today. And that's how we're going to be able to address this issue, because if we come before the throne in heaven and make appeal, he will hear us, and he will answer from above. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back on the other side to talk more about this issue. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe, on D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. 
This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. I'm Johnette Cruz, and I'm a busy mom. Then a friend told me about TrustBlueReview.com, a new website powered by the Christian Blue Network. She uses it to find trusted Christian-owned businesses. I checked it out, read the helpful reviews, and found a great family dentist. Now I use TrustBlueReview for all my family's needs. For peace of mind, do what I did. Visit TrustBlueReview.com or download their free mobile app from your app store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust and we're back, and with us on the phone is Pastor John Coates of Greater Columbus and also Pastor Al Davis of the Richville Bible Baptist Church. Pastor Coates, you and I were talking on the phone the other day about church attendance and really what's happening with churches across our state right now. In fact, I was talking to one uh, pro-life leader, and they uh, work on getting church lists to uh, reach churches, and there's a group that actually sorts them out. Uh, and does a, a you know basically upkeeps a, a church listing, and these are evangelical churches in the state of Ohio. From one year to the next, from 2021 to this year, the group announced to him that 480 churches alone in the previous list that he had requested had closed, just in that segment, 480. You have even a greater number of what you're projecting of uh, church closures and church membership in the state. Share that with us. Yes, thank you. I, I believe that there's a third of churches that have closed that will never come back, as there are a third of people that have left and will have difficulty coming back. It's a two-pronged attack has been made. One attack was made against church leadership. It was to, um, um, to encourage fear in the minds of men and women who were called by God, who are called by God, but yet to, to, to point them to a point of, of, of fear, reminding me of Elijah the prophet, even after he had um, faced the uh, false prophets of Jezebel. You know, he, he, Jezebel put a threat out on his life, and he took, he took a journey after that. He, he got out of Dodge. And um, and 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 our, there's an effort to intimidate pastors with lawsuits, with lawsuits, and um, and with the people, the people are, are are victimized by a continuous onslaught of propaganda. It's the propaganda that says that you you have to be afraid of gathering together because number one, if you gather together, that you'll contract this in, invisible virus. And so, um, so you have to be careful not to gather because then you won't have a a a a, fee, a a chance, an opportunity to contract a virus that could kill you. It's a it's a it's a 
um, it's a barrage, it's an attack, it's propaganda that's constantly played on the people, uh, encouraging fear to build up in them so that they w- will, will think twice about returning back to their houses of worship. You know, do we want to take a chance? Well, we're okay with watching online. We've been watching online for two years now. So is it really that important for us to, uh, to actually go back to church? So it, it's, it, that's what we're victimized by, and that's what we're fighting against. Pastor Al Davis, the Gallup poll, and they've been doing uh, polling for eight decades of churches and congregations. Share that information with us of what Gallup poll reported just this last year. Well, yeah, this is, it's it's startling in and of itself when you watch this. They have been polling church membership, and, and, and to be fair, they're talking about houses of worship. This would include synagogues as well. Um, and they began this poll in 1937, and they measured 73% of Americans uh, uh, had a church membership. And it essentially remained near 70% for the next six decades. And then early in the 21st century, we saw it begin to dip. And it started going below 70%, but it still remained in the 60s. And it's it's interesting because it was just in 2018 that it reached 50% for the first time. And this is since 1937. And between uh, 2018 to 2020, it dipped down to only 47% of American adults are members of a church or a synagogue. And, you know, we were talking about some of the shooting incidences earlier. The same time, it's kind of interesting what the FBI calls active shooter incidences rose 33% during that same time period. Uh, so we, we see this uh, historic, and, and it's, it's historic, but it's not a good piece of history uh, to look at, that Americans have just simply turned away from church and like Pastor Coates was saying, many became fearful of attending church. And uh, so, there, but the trend was already there. The trend had already started with this uh, rejection of God and his word and to where church is becoming less and less of an important factor in the lives of Americans. It was twofold. The culture itself moved away from the Judean Christian bedrock of our foundation. At the same time, the pulpits became weaker in their presentation of the gospel. And and so the fire that would come from the pulpits, and we're not talking all pulpits, of course, and we pray for our, our pastors, we pray for those who lead us, the, lead the flock of God, and uh, pray that they are encouraged in the faith. But yet so many have departed from the foundations and the orthodoxy of of our belief, and in th- so doing, they have allowed this rot to come in, and uh, that's why it's less attractive for people to congregate on Sunday. Um, I'm reading from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another, to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as we see the day approaching. 
So we are to congregate and encourage one another. Jesus said, wherever two or more are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. For us to fellowship in Christ, we must fellowship with other believers. Uh, the early church was under severe persecution, even to the point of arrest, trial, and even judgment and death. But yet they found ways to congregate and to meet together and encourage each other. So we, too, also should continue to gather together. We still have freedoms in, in this country and our constitutional rights and authorities that we need to exercise. And we're watchmen of that here at the Ohio Christian Alliance. It's what we do uh, to make sure that religious liberty, the, the, the lights of religious liberty, commit, uh, continue to be lit, and both in Columbus and in Washington, D.C., and throughout the land, and that's what we're about. Um, you know, man, when I think about just some of the churches that my family have attended, so for instance, Akron Baptist Temple, we were in a time of in-between ministry uh, ourselves, and so we knew Pastor Dallas, and we were attending Akron Baptist Temple, and uh, that church today uh, is vacant, abandoned. We're talking about one of Akron's former Mega churches, one of the first mega churches in America. In fact, they once boasted the largest Sunday school in America. They had uh, a bigger bus fleet than the Akron City School System, Pastor Al, where they would send out on Sunday those buses into all the neighborhoods all around greater Akron, picking up uh, school children, bringing them to Sunday school. Many of those people came to faith in Christ, led their parents to faith, okay? Their parents may have been out the night before and said, go ahead, get on the church bus. All of that is gone. That church is con it, it's actually slated for the wrecking ball. It's actually been a condemned building. It's very sad. But that's not alone. Last year, the chapel, a large mega church in Akron, uh, it, it, this is what I'm reading from the letter that came out on May 22nd of last year. Our church is in crisis. As a church, our future will be defined either by obedience to the Lord's will or against it. We as a board recognize that discerning the Lord's will in this situation is predicated on our recognition that our own power, we cannot correct this ship. They had a leadership problem in the church, and it was just not the one campus, but multiple campuses. And um, the, the leadership, did. we prayed for them. They, they did deal with that. But even in that fallout, that church lost membership. These are just some examples, and I'm not telling the folks that are listening to us right now anything they don't know. Their own church has probably experienced 50% loss of its attendance during COVID. Maybe it's recovered some, but they know that their church is struggling, their pastor is struggling, and we need to pray for our pastors, and we need to encourage others to get back to church and be in fellowship. Uh, pastor John, your thoughts? And, and, and I, I agree. We need to close in the ranks. This is the time that there's great necessity for um, men and women of God to pull together. Um, Hebrews 10 and 25 gives us instructions. It tells us not to forsake uh, um, the assembling of ourselves together, because when we come together in agreement, in agreement, then we can um, protect ourselves, but also cause forward movement to take place as well. We are under attack. And when you're under attack as Christians, we're going to have to make the decision if we're just going to lie down and die or if we will strengthen our, our, ourselves, regroup and fight back. And it, it, it is, look, our country, not just the church, but our nation weighs in the balance of what we decide to do right now, right here 
in this country at this very pivotal both time in our nation's um, experience that uh, we must make the decision of what we're going to do. And I stand in this side that that let's come back together, let's strengthen ourselves, let's regroup, and let's fight. Let's fight. We've been watching things happen for uh, 60, 60 years plus in this, in this country, from prayer being taken out of schools to um, um, curriculum be introduced into our public schools by organizations like Planned Parenthood. So uh, we've, we've watched it happen, and then so, so it's really no surprise as to uh, what has happened. We've watched strange doctrine and strange activities creep into the church where uh, the Church of God has become the church of what's happening now. And um, and in our churches, we're teaching Christian Christianity mixed with transcendental medication, uh, medication, <laughs> meditation. But we're watching Christianity mixed with um, um, Islam. We we're seeing all types of things happen, and we've watched again fear rise up in our leaders, where um, they're frightened to deal with subject matter, and I would even say preach the gospel of Jesus Christ for. A fear of being arrested, having their um, sermon content reviewed, uh, um, and then them face consequences based on what their sermon content is. Well, we 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 watch this all take place, and we're either going to stand for it or we're not. And be students of the Bible. Let the Bible teach you, and be discerning of the spirits. Uh, the Bible says that the devil is a roaring lion. Uh, he roars, he, he roams about seeking whom he may devour. And I'm thinking about, uh, you know, you see some of the nature programs with the wildebeest in Africa when they're on the plains and the lion, uh, lionesses come after them. But if they're in a group, uh, they, they're looking for easy prey when one is running alone. So the devil is always trying to get you alone and separated from the flock. And so we would just encourage you, brethren, to find a good church, and we know it's not easy, and as we've just talked about church closures and churches that are uh, suffering and have, going through difficulty, finding a Bible church where you hear the Word of God being preached on a consistent basis, find that church, and you might have to spend a few extra dollars to travel. We realize that. Talk to a lot of believers that are looking for a good gospel-preaching church that preaches the Word of God without compromise sticks with the orthodoxy of Christianity, and, um, and and they want to fellowship in that church. Pastor Al, your thoughts along those lines? Well, you're absolutely right, Chris. In fact, Paul warned Timothy, who's a young pastor, uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, he said, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, and we're certainly living in those those times, you know, we've been talking about that here and the, the fear that's in the pulpit, the fear that's in the pews. We're living in perilous times. And one of the things that Paul tells Timothy there, he says in verses 14 and 15, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And then like verse 15 where he says, and that from a child, thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus, and this is just what you've been saying. We need to get back into the Word of God. 
Uh, our pastors need to get back into the Word of God and begin proclaiming the Word of God. In fact, in the next chapter, uh, he, he charged Timothy there, saying, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the Word. And he, did, he didn't say preach the current events. He said preach the Word. And he didn't say preach feel-goodism or the latest pop psychology. It's that emphasis, preach the word. Our churches need to get back to preaching the word of God. Our pastors need to get into the word of God and boldly proclaim it from the pulpits across the state, across America. And the people in the ch- in the churches, in the pews, need to demand that their pastors preach, boldly proclaim the word of God, because we're living in perilous times when people don't want to hear the word of God. We need God to raise up bold preachers and uh, people who want to hear the Word of God preached. Well, that's right, and uh, Paul actually uh, commended the Bereans because they researched the Scriptures to see whether those things were so that Paul was teaching. So they they even vetted the Apostle Paul. So we absolutely <laughs> can vet the teacher of what they're espousing if it's not in the Word of God, if it doesn't uh, have, um, you know, substance within the Scripture, and not just one verse, but multiple verses uh, forming a doctrine. If it's outside of orthodoxy of Christianity, you can challenge that. And actually, uh, to depart from false teachers, and there's plenty of those today. Pastor John, your thoughts? Well, you know, over the uh, last several years, we have proclaimed, let's take our nation back you know, to make America great again. Well, let's take our church back. <laughs> let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's make, let's, let, 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 let God arise and the enemies be scattered. Amen. It, 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 it's, a, it's, it's a mindset. And yes, I believe that our answers are found within the Word of God and that we should proclaim the Word of God. And in proclaiming His Word, it covers everything. Like they say in the spaghetti sauce, um, commercial, it's in there. It's in there. So, um, and, and it's time for uh, 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 those of us who are, are, are leaders within our communities, within our churches, to, uh, even if we have to recommit, you know, come on back. Come on back. Amen. It, 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 it's, it's biblical. <laughs> A- amen. It's biblical. A- abs- Reverend, absolutely. Pastor, Bishop, Apostle, you can come on, you can come on back. <laughs> amen. Absolutely. We're going to give you some really practical things to do to encourage your faith. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be back on the other side. We're going to talk about how you can actually get a Bible and a Bible app, and and then also we're going to pray together over these things, and that uh, we're not those without hope. Uh, We have all the hope and all the joy and all the, the trust and faith, and our faith is in Christ, and we're going to pray with you. So don't go away. We'll be right back on the other side. Almighty God... Our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. And the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe, on D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. 
This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. I'm Johnette Cruz, and I'm a busy mom. Then a friend told me about TrustBlueReview.com, a new website powered by the Christian Blue Network. She uses it to find trusted Christian-owned businesses. I checked it out, read the helpful reviews, and found a great family dentist. Now I use TrustBlueReview for all my family's needs. For peace of mind, do what I did. Visit TrustBlueReview.com or download their free mobile app from your app store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Will my kids like this dentist? Can I trust this mechanic? Who's a good choice for my upcoming remodel? I found businesses I can trust from TrustBlueReview.com. This company rebuilt our deck and renovated our bathroom. I'd highly recommend them to anyone looking to hire an honest contractor. The best dentist experience I've ever had. It's now easy to find trusted businesses in my community that have the same Christian values as my family. It all starts at TrustBlueReview.com or download their app in the App Store today. The trusted source for all you do. Trust Blue Okay, and we're back. And you know, if you're looking for a church in the greater Columbus area, I, I can encourage you to, to uh, join Pastor John Coates. He is pastor of the Metropolitan Church of God in Christ. Pastor, what's the address there? Because this uh, will it will well, air in Columbus. We're right on the corner of Fair and Wilson, um, on the historic Near East Side of Columbus. Very good. Pastor Al Davis, uh, those uh, listening in the greater Cleveland area that are looking for a church right now, you're, you've got a new church home. Um, tell us where that's at. Uh, yes, Chris. In fact, we're right midway between Akron and Cleveland. We're at 4174 Wheatley Road. It's a little commercial strip. We're in Suite 200. That's 4174 Wheatley Road right here in Richfield. And that's the Richfield Bible Baptist Church. So those are two churches. You know, I'm thinking about a scripture that I remember in the first church when I was saved years ago that was up on the wall, and it was Hebrews 13.8. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Jesus never changes. You know, our world is changing all around us right now, and it can be very unnerving to see all that is changing all around us. In fact, I've been talking to some people. I was getting my hair cut a couple weeks ago, and I was talking to the stylist, and she said, you know, I don't even recognize the world I'm living in anymore. And I said, you and me both, I understand. We had a conversation. We talked about the things of God. Isn't that how people are thinking and feeling right now, pastors? Pastor John, your thoughts? Oh, absolutely. Amen and amen. You know, because it's just it's just a time in which our country and our world is changing so much. It's so hard for people and they need to know that they're, you know, because you can start thinking, it's like, well, maybe it's me. Well, it's not you. <laughs> Isn't that right, Pastor Al? <laughs> well, absolutely. I mean, if we've stayed close to Jesus and he's not changing and, and, and we're sticking with the stuff and we're not changing, then something's changing around us. But, you know, unfortunately, a lot of times we don't realize how much the world has changed around us. And, and we certainly need to be in prayer, don't we? We do, we do, and so much the more uh, that we need this fellowship among ourselves. And those of you listening to this program on the Word, uh, on this station, and you're you're getting the Word of God, and we want to encourage you to get a good Bible app. Uh, if you have a smartphone, get a good Bible app, um, and 
uh, download that onto your phone, and, you know, you can read the Bible, but also when you're traveling, you can actually listen to the Word of God being read. I think that's a great feature at times when you can listen to the Word of God, and maybe when you're even going to bed at night. And sometimes people have trouble going to bed at night where just the troubles of the day just crowd in on them. Let the Word of God speak to you by turning on that Bible app and, you know, maybe in the Psalms. You know, David had many troubles as he was uh, fleeing from Saul, and he had many enemies that were after him uh, because he was the anointed of God. Uh, And we can identify with David in his wilderness travelings, but uh, also there's great encouragement. And so let the Word of God speak to you and build you up in your inner man and your inner woman and be an encouragement to you. Pastor John, your thoughts as we're getting ready to close the program, we're going to pray in just a few minutes. Your thoughts. Well, the Word the word of God will strengthen you, and it will strengthen you in the time that you um, will, will most need it. The, uh, the Scripture says that thy word have I hid in my heart. And um, in just becoming familiar with Scripture, and even memorizing a few verses, just a few passages, will come back to your mind when you desperately need them the most. It will, it will take you through, carry you through. Amen. Well, men, let's have a word of prayer. I'll start, and we just have a few minutes left, and so uh, keep that in mind as we're as we're closing out. And uh, I'll start, and then Pastor Al, if you'll follow, and then Pastor John, if you'll close us out. Our Father and our God, we look to you, and as we see in the Scriptures, let brotherly love continue. And as your people gather together in your name, there you are in the midst of us, and bringing encouragement to your church. Jesus, you prayed for your church and you prayed for your disciples, and you ever lived to make intercession for us. Now we pray, Lord, in this hour that you would give us boldness, you would give us strength, that we would stand and do all to stand. Pastor Al. In Heavenly Father, Lord, we do continue in prayer, and we just want to lift up those godly pastors out there that are endeavoring to take a stand for your sake to faithfully proclaim the word, encourage them and bless them in their work. Those pastors that have grown cold or perhaps wavered, Lord, come alongside of them and lift them up and help them again to have a renewed spirit to proclaim your word. And we pray for the churches across the state and across America that you would raise up godly individuals in those churches that would pray for their pastors, pray for their churches, pray one for another and encourage one another in your word and in your service. Lord, we can't do it without you. We need your help. The times are dark. The times are perilous. But we know that through you, we can persevere and overcome the obstacles. Amen. Pastor John. Dear God, we desperately need your wisdom. We pray that you will grant us men and women who will honor you, trust you. God, lead us back to you again. God, we pray for servant leaders who will love the things that you love and care more about others than themselves. Give us leaders with great potential and godly leadership, God. We, we know that you can do it, and we're reminded that of your word, you said that if my people, not the disbeliever, but the believer who are called by your name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then you, God, would hear from heaven, and you forgive our sins, and you will heal our land. Amen and amen. Thank you, brothers. Amen. Appreciate it very much. Thank you for being on the program. And thank, thank you for Chris. listening, everyone. And if you've missed any of today's program, you can hear it in its entirety at our website, 
at ohioca.org. Thanks for listening. God bless you all. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.